Y'all better not come to my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me. What up, though? Today is July 25th, 2016. It's a great day, but a sad day because my hubby and my son went back to Florida. Training camp is starting on Thursday, so he needed to get back and um, get ready to gear up for the season. I sent them home because I always need one week before training camp and before the season starts to just kind of unwind myself and get ready for the grind of the season Um, A lot of people think that, you know, the players just go through the grind, but a lot of the families and especially the wives, we have to, you know, get ourselves ready to miss them for a while. And, and, you know, their, their focus totally changes into football. Like, you know, we family and all that comes kind of behind and I'm fine with it. You know, they're in battle. It's like a war. And so he went home today, him and Aiden to get ready for camp. So I'm here by myself, but I definitely wanted to be sure but I didn't lose focus and give you guys a dope um, episode today. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to um, do with this episode, who I wanted to have on. And and so I decided that I wanted to um, give you guys an interview from someone that's playing that's a major, major, major star that you've never heard of. And that's because he plays in EuroLeague, which is the NBA in Europe. And his name is Kyle Hines. K-Y-L-E-H-I-N-E-S is how you spell his name in case you want to Google him. Kyle is an amazing basketball player with a very different story. His path is very similar to um, what a lot of um, NBA players go through. A lot of them do not make it to the NBA. A lot of them end up overseas. And, you know, it's kind of what you make of it. You know, if you end up overseas, it doesn't mean that, you you know, you should hang your head. There's a lot of money to be made over there. A lot of it is tax free, um, less stress on the body. You just have to deal with being in another country, you know, the majority of the year. But I definitely wanted you guys to hear from someone that's doing great things and not only in his own hometown in New Jersey, but also um, overseas. He's getting buckets. He's doing an amazing job. And I also wanted you guys to, um, well, first of all, I wanted to have my first Olympian on my podcast. Angel McCautry is going to be joining me in a little bit. Angel is, um, Angel's a problem, okay? Um, when I came up, I was in the Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, Lisa Leslie era of, of hoop. That was, you know, my era. And those girls were problems. And one of the people in the WBA now who I don't hear a lot about was Angel. You know, is she's not talked about as much, and she is a problem. She's an Olympian. Um, she's a scoring title holder. Um, she came from UofL. She, she's just a great overall person. She has an amazing story, and I really can't wait to interview her so that you guys can hear from her and hear her story and hear from a female, you know, that's playing sports because I haven't had a female on either. Boom. Oh, my God. This is my first female guest. And she happened to be an Olympian. Oh, my God. How awesome is this show going to be? I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'm just going to get right into it. And I'm going to introduce my first guest. Angel, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I know that you're um, on the bus, probably headed to practice or something. So I'm so happy that you um, gave me a few minutes to talk with you on my podcast. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. And welcome to L.A. again. You're, you're in my hometown. How are you liking L.A.? Yes, I love it. 
Love LA, the palm trees, relaxing. So definitely enjoying it. So, so in LA, we ask people where you from, and we ask them where your grandma stay. So, where you from, and where your grandma stay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, and my grandma stays in Baltimore as well. Okay, so um, you went to U of L. I know a lot. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. that went to U of L. You guys are very prideful about your school. What made you choose U of L? Yeah, we we we're definitely uh, partners for life. You know, uh, we love it there. It's a, it's a great college town. I feel like it's one of the perfect play, places to play. And he definitely has a you know a great career there. So um, definitely love U of L. So speaking of great career, you led the Big East in scoring rebounds and steals. You had two triple doubles. You have so many records. Your career has been mm-hmm. incredible even after you left um, UofL. You were the first-round draft pick and first overall by Atlanta. You were Rookie of the Year. You have scoring titles. You have steal, you're have steals leader, four-time All-Star. You have four gold medals, one from uh, London. What what of all these things that you've done? What is your greatest accomplishment? I would say um, being an Olympian is definitely uh, one of the greatest accomplishments you can you could ever do. You know, um, it's the highest platform as an athlete. You know, um, not many people can say they you know accomplished that. And um, I just think uh, that's that's just the highest thing out there to do. So you're going to Rio this uh, summer as well. Congratulations again on returning as an Olympian for the second time. That's so amazing. Um, while a lot of athletes are not going to Rio because of, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Zika virus and, and body parts washing <laughs> up on the beach, why did you decide yeah, that's crazy. Why did you decide to say, you know what, I'm still going? You know what, it's one of those things where things happen in life all over. You know, you, you don't stop what you're doing. Um, for these negative things, you know, of course you wish things were better. You had more peace in the world, but you know, you got to continue to live. You got to continue to, to, you know, reach your goals and follow your accomplishments. And we have a goal to reach is winning the gold medal and bringing it back to our country. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's an amazing goal. And I, and I, I do believe you guys will win. You have an amazing team, great coaching staff and and with with all the troubles and things that are going on in Rio these aren't strange things to you because you know you played in uh Turkey in the last couple of years and um you and I were tr- planning to have a, a a little vacation this year and we couldn't do it because of the the bombings in Istanbul can you talk to me about how that felt being over there with 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 that security threat um you know what I I, I played there for about six years and it's been one of the safest places I've ever played. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing place, a great city. Um, you know, just unfortunate, unfortunate it had a couple of bad events, you know, um, but like I tell people, there's bad events all over the world. There was a bad event in New York, you know, 2001. It's one of the things where, you know, you can't let evil stop you from living and, and keep you in fear. Right. Yeah, because, you know, I played over there as well. That's kind of one of the things we have in common, both playing over in um, Turkey, which is my favorite country to, that I've, I played in in my entire career. And I had an amazing time. And right. and like you said, I felt the most safe when I was there because we did have our military presence there. But just like you right. said, a lot of strange things can happen anywhere. Um, I just feel like when you're not home, it kind of changes it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, things are getting a little bit worse, as you as you can see, but... You know, hopefully all that will die down and, and things will get back to where it used to be. Yeah. <clears throat> so last year, I think it was last year or the year before, 
um, a couple of fans from um, Fenerbahce were coming at you because you left um, to come home because you weren't getting paid. A lot of people don't know what it's like to play over in Europe and um, for teams to not pay you can. And and I was in your mentions. I was in your comments going off on people because they don't know what's going on. They're, they're upset with you for leaving because you weren't getting paid and they feel like, so what if you're not getting paid, you should just stay because we're fans of yours. How did you remain so calm during that? Cause I was going off. You know, I, I, I have a short fuse when I see people that I care about, right. you know, being attacked. And I was like, what is going on? How do you remain so calm? And can you teach me how to be that calm when people are coming at me? Because I need some help. I mean, it was just, it, it was crazy because, you know, I had dedicated so much to that team. And I gave them a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And I didn't get treated the way I felt like I was supposed to do in the end, especially playing, you know, three or four months. And you winning everything and then not getting paid. So it just came to a decision where I had to get up and go. You know, and people, you know, they told the press that I just left. So that wasn't the truth. Right. And people went off. And I feel like the reason I didn't get all caught up in um, comment to the fans is because I feel like the truth will always come out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On its own. So I try not to waste my energy on that. Because the truth going to come out regardless. And everybody know, wind up finding out what happened anyway. So. So basically, you're telling me I need to be quiet and just let the truth come out. Sometimes, don't beat the truth no, into I'm their head. No, I'm not either. Some people need a good. Uh, no, some people need to, to to hear it. But usually, the truth just comes out. And um, I wind up coming home, enjoying myself, going to Costa Rica, relaxing. So the break wound up being a blessing in disguise. Now, did you ever get your money back? Actually, I just found out that um, I won my case. So I'll definitely be getting everything Great. Uh, back. Good, because it's very yeah. rare. A lot of athletes don't sue the teams when this happens because it does happen often, and it's a process, and, right. and they try to deter you from the process of suing them for your money, and a lot of people just walk away from it. So I know we talked about it exactly. you know, in private, and I was telling you, you know, you should, you should go after your money because you deserve that. So I'm so happy that you won that case. Um. A lot of people also don't know that last year you started um, in Europe around October, right? That's when the season start now in Europe. Yeah. So you went from October in, in Turkey to April, your season ended, and then you went to the WNBA in May, and now you're headed mm-hmm. into Olympic trials. Um, you'll be done in September. Yeah. You go right back. And you I go, go right back to, to Russia. How, what what's what's keeping you on this grind? Like this is a year-round sport for a lot of women that are playing um, in the WNBA because of you know the the money to play in the WNBA is not a lot. You know, it might not be enough to take care of someone's family, and you just love playing. And overseas, they pay a lot more money. Is is it just money motivation for you to go year-round playing, or is there another? Is it just the love of the game, or or what is it for you? It's the love of the game, you know. Um. Everybody knows when it's that time to take off. I feel like my time is coming soon where I'm going to be able to take that break and, and relax a little bit. Um, still just trying to grind it out all I can. And, um, you know, real soon I'm going to be taking that, that rest that I need. But it's just for the love of the game, um, seeing the world, you know, enjoying the process. Okay. So um, I wanted to talk to you about the um, the stand that your 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 I don't even know what you want to call them. Are they like your league mates? Is that what you call 
players on other teams took a stand and wore black shirts for Black Lives Matters in the Dallas Five. Uh, I didn't see I didn't see the Atlanta Dream Team participate in this. Was there a reason that only a certain few did and some didn't? We were we were going to um, <clears throat> participate, but after what happened in um, Louisiana and Dallas with the cops, we just felt like sometimes it kind of messed up. You know the whole the whole process. You know because it's like everybody now is, mm. is, is getting affected by this. So we just decided to hold off for a second because of all the, the recent events, not just with Black Lives Matter, but with the cops as well, you know. Um, so that's why we we didn't do it. We felt that that was the best decision, just to hold off. So did so, you? Because like, like, of course. We, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying because, of course, you know, all lives do matter, and, and we definitely want to fight for equality for Black Lives Matter. Um, but at the same time, it, it kind of got deteriorated, like I said, with, with um, the shooting on the cops of Dallas and the recent shooting in Louisiana with those cops. So it was just basically you didn't want to you don't want to. It sounds to me like you're saying Black Lives Matter. That was the 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 message you wanted to send. But when you saw the police being killed, you didn't want it to look like you didn't support them as well. Is that what you're we saying? didn't want to contradict our we didn't want okay. to contradict ourselves pretty much because um you know after what happened with Black Lives Matter uh, we all should have walked in peace and mm-hmm. that way we could have continued to fight more and more and more but um we became hypocrites you know by by killing them. we're not you know what the cops did was not right but we can't go and do the same thing to to make a point that's not how we make right. a point so we kind of contradict ourselves. And then it's like when we were ready to fight, it's like, dang, you know. You can't really it's hard you don't, to, to really do that now. Yeah. What does black because lives... Because we became hypocrites. A, a lot of people think that black lives matters means you other people's lives don't matter. What What does it mean to you? It doesn't. It does not mean that. It means that specifically in my culture, in my race, black lives matter because, let's keep it real, we have not been treated the way we're supposed to be treated in this country. You know, um, we were slaves for 400 years. No other um, race, I don't think, were slaves. I don't think Indians were slaves. They just stole their land. So, um, you know, if you look at any other culture, nobody has um, endured what we have endured. And, and we like to hide it, you know. It's just not in the history books. In schools, they don't teach, you know, people about it. Even when I'm in, in, I was in Turkey, people were asking me, well, what's wrong with black and white in America? And I was just like, you know, I don't even know. It's a long story. I don't know where, where it came from, who had the idea to, to do something like this over our freaking color of somebody's skin. But, um, you know, black lives matter because we are important and so much in this world. We have so many gifts and we need to be more appreciated for who we are okay. and not for uh, the color that you see in your eyes. I agree. My son's five years old and he kept, you know, he's been watching CNN. He's, you know, up to speed on a lot of things that are happening in America. And that's because I want him to be, I don't want him to be lied, be able to be lied to about what's going on. And so he asked me a great, a really good question. And you know, Aiden, he, he just has a lot to say. He asked me why um, he, people said he was black when he's actually brown. 
And, you know, that's a that's a great right. question, because, you know, I don't think black people should be identified with the word black, but it's just so stuck that it's almost like you can't get around it. And, and it almost identifies with dark, you know what I mean, with with bad and, and all this stuff. And so I'm wondering if one day we as as the community of black people will get together and, and start deciding to make some changes in, in, in how people address us and the things that they say to us. And stuff like that. So, so being being Black Lives Matter, it's like the color saying black makes people offended, and that's why I just wish it it didn't say black. It just should have just said, you know, everybody's lives absolutely matters, but people that are considered black, it's it's like we're not being treated properly. So, so the, the Black Lives right. Matter is is not a movement against anyone else. It's a movement saying, hey, we are on fire. You know, we're the house on fire. We need attention, and no one's paying attention. For some reason, WNBA president uh, suspended, not suspended, fined the, the the teams and some of the players for participating in this movement. Mm-hmm. And then later um, recanted the, the fines. Why, why do you think they did that? Because we, we we put out the truth about, you know, just how we felt. And, you know, like we said, the NBA players, they, they did the same thing. Right. And they did not get fined. And, and their salaries are way, way more than ours and they didn't get fined so we're saying hey we make you know a quarter less than what they make why are we getting fined for expressing how we feel and they didn't so I think it came to a, a quality thing uh, a title nine thing mm. and I think that's why um, when, when we made that point um, they had to relook over everything and, and that's how they came with that decision um, I have to commend the WNBA for, you know, recanting those fines after listening to what everybody said. That was a big step to me, like for them to actually own up to that and say, you know what, we made a mistake because a lot of professional um, owned teams and leagues wouldn't do that. So that was a big thing for me for them to do that. So hats off to them for that. Um, are you voting? I am going to vote. Yeah, absolutely. You, you are going to vote. I'm not voting. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? Why? <laughs> I, I don't. um I don't I don't like either candidate at all. Mm-hmm. Not even like, well, I like this one more than this one. I kind of like them equally the same. I obviously think Donald Trump is a worse person, but I don't know that for sure because I think Hillary lies a lot and there may be some underlying things. So I'm not voting. Um so who are you voting for? Um I, I have no idea. You haven't decided? You know, um it's a, it's, a, it's a lot going on in this election. Um, but I really have to sit down and really do my research and see what's, what's best for this country. But yeah. as of right now, I have no idea. Well, you got about three months, three three to four months left to uh, make your decision. And good luck with whoever you choose. I'm kind of choosing not to vote this year just because I don't really like either candidate. And I, and I personally have some opinions about how government kind of plays out a lot of things. So I don't think I'm going right. to be voting. Um, before you get out of here, I wanted to um, ask you about a letter you wrote uh, on Instagram last year um, when you came out mm-hmm. with uh, Brandy, beautiful, beautiful fiance of yours. Um, when you wrote the letter, what what prompted you to write the letter? Like, what, what was there one thing? Was there an, a situation or anything for you that made you decide to write that? Um, I just think that. Uh... So it was just something I felt, you know, it was just something that was on my, my heart and my spirit and it was something I felt that I needed to do. And um, I was expecting a lot of bad reviews, mm-hmm. but um, I 
actually it wound up being um something really uh really positive. Yeah. It really was. And I was very proud of you when um you decided to, you know, just say, you know what, I don't care if people are going to judge me or hate me and not want to be my friend. You chose love. And I commend you and Brandy for that, because um, there are a lot of people that are afraid to come out, afraid to be who they are. I wanted to know if you had any advice for someone that's afraid to come out. Um, Just just to, to be yourself, um, that your, your, your mind um, and your spirit will always tell you um, what you need to do. Just follow your heart and all of it. And um, whatever um, you do, I think you'll have peace in yourself. Great advice. So before you get out of here, tell me about this McCautry's ice cream shop I've been hearing about. Yeah, um, McCautry's ice cream shop. Um, I love ice cream. I love sweets. And I said, hey, why not make my own ice cream shop? So um, it'll be opening when I come back from the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, it's in a great location near, near our arena, Phillips Arena. And actually, the great thing about it is Candy Barres is opening up her new restaurant right next door. Wow. Called Old Lady Gang. So it'll be right next to our new restaurant. Um, so it'll be homemade ice cream. People are going to love it. Just come on through and get a good taste of some ice cream. Wow. Well, I can't wait because I also heard you had some dairy-free ice cream, and my son is dairy allergic. So the next time I'm in Atlanta, hopefully I can take him by there. Well, I'm yeah, lactose-free, vegan, mm. all that. Mm-mm-mm. I won't hold you anymore. Good luck. I know you guys have a, a game Thank tonight, you. right, at 7? Yeah, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. All right. Well, good luck. I'm definitely going to be there. And thank you so much for joining me, Angel. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. My first Olympian! <laughs> Let me calm myself down and gain my composure. I feel like I just interviewed the LeBron James of the WBA because truly Angel, um, Angel stats and her skills are equivalent to me. She does everything. She fills up the stat sheet and she's an amazing person. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that um, I had her on my podcast. Like that was, that was an amazing interview and um, I'm gonna keep the ball rolling. I'm gonna go ahead and call up my buddy Kyle so we can talk to him and see what he's up to. And uh, yeah, let's keep it moving. Kyle Hines, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm living blessed right now. I can't complain. I, now, I, I have to say this because I'm barely on Instagram. I'm hardly ever on there. But I did happen to pop on there like this morning and I mm. saw uh, you had a baby shower. Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife, she is uh, an epic planner. So, you know, <laughs> she doesn't do anything small. So um, we had a baby shower in our backyard with about a, about 75 to 100 guests. We oh, had my a, God. A 40 by 40, 10 uh, balloon wall. Um, oh my lord! All different type of stuff. So she sounds was, like my kind of partier. I wish I was invited. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but we gotta get you up there. As soon as, we, as, soon as you uh, you get back uh, up this way, you gotta come through. Most definitely, I gotta reintroduce you because a lot of people might not know who you are because you're not playing in the NBA. Although yeah. you are arguably one of the most known Euroleague players that I know. Anyway, I, I hear you talked about quite often. I was introduced to you um, from your your topless magazine cover. What magazine was that? Uh, Men's Health. Men's <laughs> Health, yes. Oh, my God. You were topless on the magazine, all types of baby oil, 
Um, can, what, can you can you give the ladies your stats so they can know what you what you what you look like, your height, your weight, and all that kind uh, of stuff? I'm I'm six six, uh, roughly around about two fifty five, two sixty. Um, you know, I mean, all muscle. All muscle, y'all. All yeah. muscle. And I was like, look at Kyle. He was really overseas doing it really, really big. And um, it should it wouldn't be a shock to people that that actually followed your career. So I wanted to go over a couple of things about you mm-hmm. so that people can kind of get to know who I'm talking to right now. So first okay. of all, where, where, where are you from? Um, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I lived there probably for the first, I don't know, six, seven years of my life. And then I moved to a small town in South Jersey called Sicklerville, New Jersey. Um, nobody's probably ever heard of it. The only way you heard it if you actually lived in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the last exit on the uh, Atlantic City Expressway. I'm not really, I don't know if you really. I'm not familiar, familiar with but some of my listeners might be. Yeah, so it's the last exit on Atlantic City Expressway before you get to Philly. So that's why a lot of people know it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Philly, South Jersey kid. And I guess unless you're from the area, you really wouldn't understand it. Because everybody, you know, when they think about Jersey, they think <laughs> about New York immediately. Right. They're like, oh, you're from New York. Like, nah, man, I have nothing to do with New York. So completely different state. Like I, I have I had mixed the two as well, because it's just like mm-hmm. they're just right next to each other. And they're so small. Mm-hmm. And you just want to make them one thing. But no, it's not. It's two different cities, two different co- states. Yeah. And two different kind of cultures as well is what I've learned yeah. being being in New Jersey and seeing it and in New York is two different, completely different vibes two, and everything. I mean, even even the state, like even South Jersey and North Jersey is two different. Like North Jersey favorites more like New York, but South Jersey is just like straight like Philadelphia, like everything about the area is Philadelphia. Like basically South Jersey is basically a suburb of Philadelphia. That's basically what it is. <laughs> Okay. And so when you were coming up, I I looked up some stats and I saw that you were like a really, really good high school basketball player. But a lot of the major uh, division one schools weren't trying to mess with you. So you went to UNC Greensboro, right? Yeah. I mean, basically because, you know, of my height, I mean, I'm considered what you would say an undersized center. Um, I'm undersized power forward. I mean, I'm I say I'm six, six, but really I'm probably like six, four and a half. Um, so <laughs> that's impressive. That's just the fact that you just told me that is so impressive when I'm reading that you had seven school records your freshman yeah. year at UNC, at UNC um, Greensboro. You you averaged 19 points a game, eight rebounds, two blocks. You had 12 double doubles and you uh, gave Duke 20 your sophomore yeah. year. Yeah, I was I was the only only guy throughout the whole entire season that they triple team. My coach worked for uh, my coach used to be a disciple of Coach K, and he said Coach K at the end of the season told him that he said your guy's the only guy that we had to triple team um, in the whole entire year. So that's yes. pretty impressive because you know when I when I talk to people on social media, and I give them like um, a basketball opinion about somebody or I'm you know talking about a team, and people come to me and tell me like oh shut up you don't know anything about sports and you know one of my mm-hmm. biggest responses to them is if you never commanded a boxing one or a double team or a triple team <laughs> you can't say anything to me about my opinion on sports nah, you're not real if you never had to face that right not at all. if a team ain't never picked you up full court from from baseline <laughs> to baseline and and face guarded you like anybody but him i don't really care about your opinion of, of my basketball opinion, you know? Not, so you're one of those people that you could really use that and be like, listen, listen, I got triple teamed by Duke and I still gave him 20 and five as a sophomore. Basically. 
So I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, like that's that's how it always is, especially because I'm me because I'm short and like especially in the states here, like you know, I'm not really known. Nobody really, you know, nobody really knows me out here. So for me, it's like you know, I get a lot of pe- a lot of people that come up to me and express their opinions and express different things that really don't have any idea about basketball or European basketball. Right. And I'm just sitting there, just like kind of like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of in my head, like you know, I wish there's so many other things I want to say, but I know it's like you know, it doesn't even it's wasting my time. Right. So you were player of the year your junior year, the first player of the year in your school history. Congratulations. Yeah. That's pretty fucking awesome. Excuse my language. Oh, I appreciate it. It's, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, a lot of the accomplishments that you that you read about, like a lot of them, like it, I guess as an athlete, you kind of got the mentality. It's like, you know, we're always worried about what's next, like next season, next mm-hmm. season. So you don't really get a chance to really, you know, relish and really kind of celebrate your accomplishments. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to kind of think about some of the things that I accomplished in my college career now that, um, you know, now that, you, you know, I'm actually get a chance to kind of hear them from other people. Yes. So so you were part of the 20 and nine club um, your junior year. You averaged 19 points, 19 rebounds your senior year and you still went undrafted. Do you think that's because of the height situation or because you're a smaller um, forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had I had NBA coaches and other people tell me that if I was literally two or three inches taller then I would be, you know, sitting in the green room um, at the NBA draft. Like actually Larry Brown told me that I, I played summer league with Charlotte. Um, and he told me, he was like, listen, like if you're, if you were three inches taller, you would have been a lottery pick. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just because the NBA is such a cookie cutter league that mm-hmm. they look at more, they look at more of your, your height, your, your measurables span, as opposed to your play. game. Exactly. Exactly. So you were um, best defender this year, 2016, best defender at six, four, which you lie about and say you're six, six best defender. <laughs> You've had multiple MVPs, you, uh, multiple league championships. You, you've been to the to the finals four times in a row and a lot of people don't I don't know if people understand how incredibly sick that is because LeBron went six years in a row to the finals in the NBA you went four years in a row against every team in every country except the United States you went four years in a row and then you won three of those championships yeah I mean it's 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 crazy like I mean it's hard to really explain to people um if they haven't been there a lot of my family members a lot of my friends that came over they said like you know when you put it into words we really don't understand it but you know that now that they've been there and they actually experienced it they realize like how crazy it is like now like the final four is like an event from like my family and friends like they they plan their like vacations yearly um you know just so they can go and be a part of the experience because i mean as you know like the experience overseas is nothing like you know nothing like anything else Right. And, and, you know, my my boyfriend, I had a boyfriend when I was overseas, you know, off and mm-hmm. on for here and there. But he played for um, um, CSKA, which is Cheska, yeah. the team you play for in Russia, which is probably um, I'm going to go ahead and say probably the best team in Europe. Would you say that? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. The best team pound <laughs> for pound. And, and, and it's and, and you play for Olympiacos. Right. So you, you could yeah. you. Olympiacos is a great organization as well. Penetonacos, there's a lot of really great teams. FS Pilsen, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, all these teams in these different countries. And Seska always somehow manages to get there. Are you the mm-hmm. glue? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, I mean, I think when, when I came from Olympiacos, that was one of the reasons why i um, talking to the ownership that they wanted to sign me. They said, like, you know, that there's just something about me that they wanted 
you know, wanted me to be a part of the team. But, I mean, I was honored to be a part of, like, Cheska because, like, everybody knows about Cheska that yeah. knows about basketball, knows about hoops. Um, you know, they everybody calls them basically like the, the NBA team of Europe. So, I mean, for me to be a part of the team, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it was definitely almost like a dream, a dream come true. So now playing in Russia, you're actually in Moscow, which is dope. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was over there for a little while um, before your time with uh, Marcus. You remember Marcus uh, Brown? Mm-hmm. Marcus Brown, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my ex. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that it snows in Moscow about 10 months out of the year. How do you deal with that? It's, it's not and it's so not much. just a regular snow. It's like a blizzard, nah, low key. Yeah, like it's, it snows for like like two, three months straight without stopping. But I mean, it's not so much the, the snow that really bothers me. It's just the fact that it's so dark and gloomy. It looks like, sad. Know, it, it looks sad. It's like it's really depressing. So it was like you know you you come out to practice and you have like nine nine o'clock waits and it's still dark outside. Or you know when you get out of practice like it's at five o'clock it's dark outside. So it's like you see no sun for literally about six or seven months. So that's probably kind of the most like depressing part. In a way, kind of like uh, Moscow set up. It's a big city like New York right. or like anywhere else. So there's a lot of pollution. There's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of grime. So it was like literally dirty snow. Um, everywhere so it's just you know really it can get really kind of difficult to live there but I think like I tell my family I tell people all the time it's more like like any other situation like you know once you kind of get adjusted and once you kind of get your routine it's kind of easy okay um I spoke to Angel McCautry do you know her I don't I know of her I don't know her I never got the chance to really meet her but a couple times passing by when she was playing in Turkey Uh I think she played for Venerable correct yeah um, remember so, i flew know, out there and we was all um yeah. kicking it at that tournament you guys were both at exactly. yeah exactly so like i i know like i know you know of people that know her i've been her, seen her passing by i never got a chance to actually meet her though but i'm definitely gonna link you guys because she's coming to russia next year to be her first year in russia so she That'd will probably need your assistance you know where to find the, the biggest boots and the hats and <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff she spoke about um we had um we had a situation, a similar situation. I played in Turkey back in the day as well, and I had a team not pay me. And she had this a similar situation where she actually had to sue the team, and she won the um, oh. the lawsuit to get her money. Have you ever, because um, this happens quite often in Europe, and it's not talked about as much. Has a team ever um, held held your money from you and not paid you, and did you ever have to sue them to get it? Um, I've been very fortunate that I majority of the this has been my ninth year, so majority of every situation I've been in, um, I haven't really had to experience a lot of money problems. Um, only the only one or two situations when I was in Olympiacos, and first of all, in Europe, if you if you get your money or two months behind, that's generally on time in Europe. So that's kind of the first. <laughs> that's so. I mean, that's kind of that. That's kind of how like you know everybody kind of has that mentality. So when I was in Olympiacos, we had I think the whole entire season and the whole entire season, um, we had gotten three payments. Oh my! And, and mind you that we are, we were the defending you know two time defending champions of Europe. <laughs> so they told us that like don't don't worry about it. We're gonna and get it so that whole like three four months like when we didn't get paid like we was thinking about like striking you know people was bugging teammates wasn't talking to so you know we're fighting we're fighting with the coaching staff we were fighting you know with the owners and the thing about it is like the owners would come to practice and watch practice like nothing was going on like, <laughs> like, like y'all was not paid yeah. <laughs> like, like everybody was like everything was straight they would sit there and they would leave and we sitting there looking at them like yo bro like you got families like we got you know 
we got, you know, people we needed to take care of. But, like, the only positive situation about that was that, you know, once those checks did come, you know, they came, like, five, six in a row. So, like, the June and July, we got six checks, like, back to back to back to back every week. So the account was looking nice right, right there, especially during the summertime. So, but other than that, I mean, I never, I've been very blessed. I never really had to be in any, any situations. I hear a lot of horror stories about people being sued, hear a lot of horror stories about people, you know, not getting paid and teams declaring bankruptcy and, and owing them $7,500, $200,000 and never receiving their money. But I mean, like I said, I've been lucky and I've been very fortunate. What's, what would you say is the hardest thing about playing over in Europe? Uh, free time this adjustment to see free time I mean, you have so much free time i mean and you're by yourself um i mean you, you're really only probably going to practice or involved with basketball probably like six hours out of the day maximum um and then you know what are you going to do for the other 18 hours and i think that's where a lot of guys um a lot of guys and girls and just professional you know athletes in general they kind of don't know what to do so that's where a lot of people get in trouble that's where they, you know go out especially if you're in a, like a popping city like milan or Boston. Alone or Athens or Istanbul. I mean, you could go out every night. Um, you know, clubs there. You know, they don't really let out till like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Right. So, so you 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 drink it every night. You messing, you know, <laughs> running around messing with work uh-huh. and all the other. And like you, you not necessarily focus on basketball no more. What you what you really supposed to do? So I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like you know, people got to learn how to. People basically. My biggest advice is people to use your time constructively. Like you know, really remain, really uh, remind yourself with the aim goal is if your end goal is trying to you know become a better basketball player whatever then you you should be in the gym or you know be more professional do you ever worry about like all the mass shootings and the suicide bombing stuff that's going on when you're um out of your home country oh of course of course i mean especially now i mean right now we kind of live in like in a difficult times and a real you know strange times where you really have to kind of keep your head on a swivel because you really don't know, you know, what can happen. People are, you know, running to airports or, or running into, you know, bus stations or malls or this, that, and the other. So this is real, you know, it's real kind of a, you know, a sad, you know, sad, sad situation we're living in right now. So you always got to kind of, you know, be mindful of what happened. I mean, we ran into a couple of situations, not nothing really crazy, but some like crazy situations, you Tell know, me being about in Moscow. Like there was Tell one, me. like, all right. So in my apartment building, I live on the 36th floor. Um, my my build, well, there's 36 floors in my building. I stay on like on the 32nd. Baller. So one day. Baller. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah. <you know. laughs> Something light. Um, so you know, I was we were coming home one day, and we see mad police. They got the yellow tape and everything, and we like, yo, what's going on? And my wife just screams, and there's a body literally sitting in front of my door. Your like, door, yo, like the door to your, your the, apartment, the, or the, like your the, actual door? No, the door to our apartment, like the main, you know, the, the main, main door. lobby. Yeah. Oh, so, so we, so we asked what happened, and a guy, a student, got tired of it. He basically got tired of it. He jumped off the 36th floor, um, and, and went straight down, um, and, and ended his life. So, with the crazy thing about it, I mean, like it was, it's a sad story. But the crazy thing about it, they had the body laying there all day. Yeah, this is a little different overseas. I've told a lot of people how when you watch the news over there, they show the most gruesome graphic. They don't give any warning, like nothing. It just it's just normal for them. Yeah, it's just it's normal. Like if they don't show it, then people will kind of like you know look like something's wrong, or whatever. But I mean, it was it's, it's been some you know crazy situations though. Um, they constantly have you know bomb bomb scares, bomb threats, and stuff like that. Um, 
I mean, I mean, Russia. You know, Russia's kind of known for that. So, but um, like I said, I mean, I, all you basically got to do is just kind of be be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your situation, and just kind of stay prayed up. What scares you more, um, being overseas and dealing with suicide bombers and mass shootings, or being black in America? I mean, that's a difficult question. I mean, uh, I mean both. <laughs> Like well, I said, we we live back in a really, you know, a difficult yeah, we live in a difficult time. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different situations happening right there right now, right here at our home that um you know, if you if you can get pulled over and killed by the people that that are supposed to protect you, then I mean then you know, you know, anything can happen. Anything can occur. So it's like, you know, it's 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 a real crazy situation. Um, you know, especially even, you know, even where I'm from, because there's a lot of, you know, being in being from Philly and being in Philly a lot. There's a, lot, there's a big divide between, um, you know, the cops and, 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 and black men here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, throughout the U.S., honestly, no, a lot yeah. of the, the urban communities. Yeah, yeah, throughout every urban community is like that. So, you know, I think it's, you know, it's 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 both, both, both situations are scary. Like right now, we live in a very, very scary time. I um my son's five years old and I got him a cell phone and mainly because you know when he go there's there's mass shootings happening at schools and things like this mm. and so I want him he's not allowed to use his phone in school and all those things but I want him to have a phone in case something were to occur and you know he needed to reach out to me and one of the things that um we've done is we've practiced if I get pulled over by the police for him to record um the encounter. Mm-hmm. When you get pulled over by the cops, do you have a fear? Do you do you, you get nervous? Like like what is what do you feel like when you see the lights behind you or even if they don't even turn the lights on? If you see a cop cuz you know they run your plates first before they turn the lights on sometimes. Do you have that kind of fear because as a black woman, I do. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's automatic you get that anxiety. You know, even if you're not doing anything wrong, even if everything is straight, all your papers straight, everything's straight, you know, you automatically kind of tense up, put your seat up, turn the radio down, automatically puts two hands on the steering wheel. So, I mean, because you, you never know what can happen, especially nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, you. I definitely get immediate uh, anxiety. I just try to, you know, stay out of those situations. Yeah. Black on black crime is is one of the major excuses and and excuse my um, my French here, white America. You know, that's one of the major excuses white America uses to say, like, quit complaining about cops killing black people when you guys kill yourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, What what do you what do you have to say about that as a black man? Like, Like I said before, like these are the people that are supposed to protect you, like the model of the police academy or the police officers to protect and serve um mm-hmm. so if you are fearing from the people that are supposed to protect you then who do you look for you know who do you look for when you're in trouble or you in a situation so like i said that's nonsense that's them that, that's for people that don't understand and don't you know live it every day um it's easy to make an opinion about something if you're not actually living it did you see what the WNBA did um these past few weeks they um protested and um were fined and the fines were removed. Um, what did you think when you saw, you know, the women's league um, taking a stand like that? I think I thought it, I thought it was incredible. Like I wish more leagues, I wish more teams, I wish more players actually took a stand because, um, you know, athletes in today's age are the most visible, you know, people, most visible celebrities, and uh, I think a lot of athletes don't necessarily under, understand the impact, um, you know, that they have when 
especially young kids, you know, their their impact is is huge. You know, everybody, young kids and everybody follow everything, you know, that athletes do, um, you know, mm-hmm. especially, you know, especially in basketball. So I think I wish that, you know, a lot of other athletes, I mean, especially even like um, the ESPYs with Melo and, and, and D-Wade and LeBron uh, um, and CP, um, I thought that was incredible. So, I mean, I think I wish that all athletes, I wish the all leagues, I wish, you know, Major League Baseball, NHL, um, all athletes actually, you know, stood up and, and, and did that. Because I think if they did that, then I think, you know, it will help kind of make a, a, a bigger stance and a bigger uh, impact, um, you know, on society right. and on sports in general. Well, you know, a lot of people are afraid to lose their endorsements and, and lose their, their deals and, and, and things that feed their families. Mm-hmm. And so what, I, what I, I commend the women for, which they don't make nearly the money that um, the other professional sports make, and they were willing to get fined and lose that money and lose any endorsements and things like that to take a stand. Do you think that a day will come where people will get tired of, of – um, silencing themselves for for money and for profit to um basically open the eyes of of our world especially the people that look up to them yeah i think so i think eventually i mean if you look at i I think i think i favor this time um in our generation almost to like the 60s you know almost like the 60s and 70s were like a civil rights movement and and, you know different things like that i think i think it's going to be a time where you know a lot of people especially once the prominent um you know athletes um, continue to take a stance and continue to, you know, to speak freely, um, I think it's going to help other people, um, you know, not remain silent, not necessarily worry about, you know, their corporate sponsors and worry about the backlash that they're going to face. Um, I think it's I think it's coming. I think it's slowly but surely. But I think you, you see that the wave um, of athletes and the wave of people, um, prominent people, celebrities speaking freely and speaking their voice. Um, is definitely, you know, definitely approaching. So I think over the next like year or two, I think you're going to you're going to see that. I think that people aren't going to be afraid to speak and say and say how they really feel about things. I I pray that you're right, but I I know how the world goes, and everything's run by money. So a lot of people don't want to lose their money, you know, because they don't want to. They'd rather lose their voice than their money. Is what it is. But and I, and but I don't shade I also, people. I also think it's on the it's on the corporations too to speak out, like. You know, I think it's on like the you know the sneaker companies or the apparel companies or the, the people that sponsored. I mean, that they, they're afraid of. I think it's also on them to speak out because right. they have the impact as well. So if they speak out, then you know the the other people that they sign that they're they're in, the endorsers won't be afraid to uh you know won't won't be afraid right. to speak. Right. I I I agree with you. It's going to take a a lot of people, a lot of money, a lot of chances and risks to you know losing money for the movement to really take place. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of movements, Donald Trump's movement is real. It's yeah. real, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, how how is, do you understand how a bigot is running for president? Like an openly honest. Um, I think that a lot of people didn't necessarily take him serious. Um, mm-hmm. and I think you know people kind of thought it was more of like entertainment, which, which kind of this this is the thing I, I think right now in our society, entertainment rules everything. Right. You look at whether it's Trump or whether it's the the Kardashians, whether it's reality TV, that's kind of number one right now. Like people, you know, people gravitate maneuver, towards yeah, gravitate toward gravitate towards entertainment. So I think that Donald Trump had a lot of shock value. He said a lot of different things, um, and I think people people kind of ex- wanted to express 
the, the similar ideas and the similar ideologies that he had, but they didn't necessarily have a voice. I think they were afraid to. So mm-hmm. once he got out there and kind of started speaking, um, you know, the people that are, you know, the biggest and the people that are racist and the people that kind of felt that way knew that they had a leader, had somebody that can actually, you know, say like, oh, he feels that way. Well, I can feel that way, too. And I think for the other people, like the counterparts, I feel like they didn't they didn't, they didn't take them seriously. I think they uh, I think they gave the the American people too much credit um, to think mm-hmm. that like he wouldn't necessarily get that far. Right. And you know, just now now we're you know we're kind of in a, a dead heat race where you know he could there could be the possibility that, that he could be the president of the United States. Now I know how the voting process goes. I know that the lobbyists and the people with all the money are, that are pulling the puppet strings of the United States are actually who decide who the president is. We, the people, don't really decide. We can vote for the people that make the decisions, but ultimately the president um, will be decided by other people outside of the the majority. Who are you voting for? Do you know yet? Oh, um, oh. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. I'm biased. Is there a reason? Is it just so you don't have to vote for Trump? Or do you really, do you think that she is someone that um, can do a good job at assisting in running the country? Because she obviously, you know, the president doesn't really run the country, technically. I mean, I think I think she she has the best, uh, I mean, my biggest thing is like, if you're going to hire somebody or if you're going to, in any situation, you want to have somebody that has experience. Right in the political field. Donald Trump doesn't have any any experience in the political field. Never mind anything else he has done. But if you just look at that, like that's that's what I'm big on. Hillary Clinton, you know, her husband, you know, was the, the president. She was Secretary of State, this, that, and the other. So it, she has a resume. She has a right. credential. So just that all alone, you know, for me, I, I think it, it makes makes total sense. It's common sense. Like, would you trust somebody, a doctor that has never done anything to, to do a, do an open heart surgery? Would you trust the doctor that has, you know, 15, 25 years of experience? So for me, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the common sense answer. Right. If I if I were, I'm not voting, but if I were voting, I would probably vote for Hillary based on just, you know, I, mean, I, I vote for other reasons outside of who's going to do the best job because I already know they don't really get to do a lot of things. I would vote for her just because I mean, um, a woman could be president. That's it. <laughs> that's big too that's big too (laughs) yeah i mean if this is how i felt about obama people were like why did you vote for obama just because he was black and i said you know what i don't think any president is when you give someone eight years and a trillion dollar debt what are you asking them to really do in eight years it's not going to get done so if 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 white men and in any other race of men can um run the country why can't a black man why can't a woman why can't anybody? So I think everybody yeah, should, right should get an opportunity to mess up in four to eight years and, and try and do some things. So I think it might be time for a woman to have a chance. You know, if if, if Donald Trump won, I, I really wouldn't be surprised because it would just prove just how racist our country is. And and the, the, the people that are controlling everything, if they put him in office, it'll be crystal clear. Like, you know, this is how the 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 direction our country is moving in and, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to stay. I might, I might need to come yeah. on over to Russia or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, a, lot, a lot of people kind of share that same uh, sentiment that you feel. So I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Right. Well, I don't want to hold you too much longer, but I did want to ask you um, about your basketball camp. Cause I follow you on all your social media. First mm-hmm. of all, shout out your social media so people can know what it is. Uh, my, my Instagram is Sir Hines 42. Um, my Twitter is Sir Hines. 
Um, and Facebook, I'm just Kyle Hines. Okay, so I, I see you running these basketball camps. You out here having too much fun with these kids. You and your friends <laughs> look like kids playing yeah. with kids. Tell me about I your mean, camps. Um, so basically, we have uh, we have seven weeks of basketball camp. Well, eight will be eight this time. We have we do seven in my my hometown of New Jersey. I do one um, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and basically, I mean, what the main idea is why we do so much and why we have so many camps is because we want to try to give um, the kids that want to learn, that want to be better in basketball, um, and that just really just kind of want to kind of you know focus on doing the right. They got opportunity, um, you know, to, to have those things. When I was coming up, there weren't any camps. There weren't any, you know, anybody, um, you know, giving anybody any, any of those type of opportunities. So, you know, I have a bunch of friends and, you know, they all have, you know, played basketball and have, a, you know, a vast knowledge of basketball. Um, and we've been thankful enough that the the, area, the school area, the area in the school has, you know, basically given us a gym in the summertime. So we try to take full advantage of it. So we, we do the seven the seven camps in Jersey. Um, we also have an AAU team that practices. And then um, we have individual training and group exercises and mentoring programs and all different types of stuff that wow. we're trying to do from, uh, you know, the youth in my area because there was nothing like that. I, like I wish, and I told my brother and all my friends all the time, we wish that we had something um, you know, something like that, especially like I said in today's world, where um, so there's many so many di- distractions, so many different things, yeah, so <laughs> many distractions that kind of get you, you know, from you know from being positive to negative. So we're just trying to you know uplift and give some positivity. Um, and what better way to do that, you know, through basketball, which is you know, something I know the best. Now, what city is this camp in? Oh, it's in Sicklerville. Like I said, Sicklerville, New Jersey. Um, you know, all the people that are from the from the uh, you know tri-state area. Um, you know, it's 25 minutes from Philly, 35 minutes from Atlantic City. Is there a website? Um, yeah, there's a website. The website is uh, com. Okay. Um, we have, you know, the camps on there. You can see all the information about our program. We also offer, like, scholarship opportunities. Um, mm. We give away... We give away two scholarships a year, um, you know, for a kid um, from my high school on a basketball team. And we also give away, um, which we're starting this year, we're also going to give away one... Uh, one scholarship for uh, you know an athlete, a high school athlete graduating uh, graduating high school. So um, we're trying to just do little different things to uh, you know help benefit the community and help uplift the uh, uplift uh, everybody that lives in. Wow, very impressive. You know, um, <clears throat> one of the messages that was said at the ESPYS by LeBron, Melo, CP, and D Wade was asking um, the pros to go back to their community mm-hmm. and 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 help and assist in programs so that the children don't have this dead time where, you know, they can be um, influenced to do negative things that could land them in jail or dead. So, so hats off to you and your friends for your camp. I believe you will be making a difference. It's great. And, Thank and, you, it's, and it's rare. Thank you. I mean, I, I feel like every, everybody can make a difference. Like you can't necessarily share your opinion or have an opinion about something or talk bad about, you know, a situation unless you're trying to change it. So however it is, like, whether it is, you know, like me, I know basketball, whether it's running a basketball camp or doing a mentoring program or or, or doing whatever you can do in your community to help uplift it. I mean, I think it's definitely going to be beneficial. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that we need to focus on as a people and as a race, you know, instead of trying to always bring each other down, right. you know, trying to find a way to, to be more positive and uplift everybody. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Kyle. I, I know that you're on the move right now. Good luck with the new baby. Do you know the sex no, yet? Nah, no, we're going to be surprised. We said this you're not going to find one. out? Nah, oh nah we're going to be surprised. 
we're that's pretty be surprised. cool that's pretty yeah. cool well good luck to you guys congratulations on your new marriage i know you got married last year as well right thank you yeah i appreciate it congratulations thank you one of the good guys is off off the list you're a good off guy the market. you're yeah, off I'm the going. market <laughs> off the market Congratulations. Good luck next year in Russia. I, I hope you guys get the chip again. Well deserved. I I, you know, I watch online a lot and I support you. So I good luck to you it. guys. Thank Make you. sure you stay safe and I'll talk to you again. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. It was so great having Kyle and Angel on today. This is yeah. this, this podcast situation I have going is, is, really something special to me because i really just had an olympian on and i had a, a three-time euro league champion on my podcast and and i couldn't thank them enough for giving me their time and giving you guys their time as well um i hope that this encourages a lot of you that are listening to um watch a little bit more of the european basketball um it comes there's an nba channel and sometimes they do show their games they always show their playoff games the um final four but um if you search hard enough and, and it's not very difficult you can find links to watch euroleague games online and it's really some really good basketball and, and you can actually see some of the gems that come from europe to come over to the nba and uh, i'm not always happy with some of the the european players that come over because i do feel like some of them come a little early but um the european game is is, is very amazing it's incredible all five positions can handle the ball can shoot threes you know so it's a really really great game i hope this encourages you guys to um support them and because we do have a lot of Americans over there playing and um, shout out to everybody that's just you know keep rocking with me this episode 9 I really appreciate you guys um, joining me every week make sure you um, send out my link I'll, I'll try to do better at posting my links as well because I've been getting comments about that so um, shout out to everybody that joined me today um, I hope you guys are having a great summer and it's almost football season so most of the podcasts coming up are going to be a whole lot of football heavy, so I hope you guys are ready. Until next time, I'm out. Tell me something that was never told from the beginning.